Hello, I'm Neil Quigley and welcome to this special Christmas edition of my podcast. Having worked in radio for 20 years, Christmas is always a fun and exciting part of the year with normally lots of interesting and slightly different things happening. With the way you have to plan in advance, Christmas does kind of start at the end of summer. That's when you start doing all your planning and start working out what you're going to do with one of the major events in November in the lead up to Christmas, the Christmas light switch on. I've been involved with many different Christmas light switch-ons in a few different towns up and down the country over the years. They're always fun, they're always exciting, and usually odd and strange things do happen. Most Christmas light events will have a special guest to turn on the lights and normally some entertainment as well. When I first started working at Ivel FM in Somerset, there were kind of two Christmas light switch-on events in the town. There was the main one, which was hosted by the other commercial radio station, our main competitors. Then we had our own little event on Christmas light switch-on day a bit further down the road, right near our studios. So although the other radio station had a slightly bigger stage than us and were the ones actually turning the lights on, all the guests that they got, we also got as well. They moved between the both of us. We're very lucky in Yeovil at Ivel FM. We had a great relationship with the Octagon Theatre, so we always used to get all the pantomime stars down to help with the Christmas light switch on. Remember what I think was either my first or second Christmas down there, we were doing our secondary Christmas light switch on just down the road from the main one. Had quite a big crowd, we were playing some games, we had some great prizes to give away, we were just having a lot of fun messing about with the crowd. Then the Panto stars arrived, and the Panto that year was Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. We're talking to the Panto stars, having a chat to them, finding out a bit about the show, how they're enjoying Yeovil, what they're looking forward to, all the usual obvious questions. When, just as we're talking to Snow White, out of nowhere, an onion appears from somewhere in the crowd and hits Snow White on the back of the neck. Now, luckily, she was okay. She was perfectly fine. A bit shaken, a bit shocked, because none of us were expecting it. It obviously made a bit of an impact in her life because, no word of a lie, a year after she showed us a picture of the onion which she still had. She'd kept it as memento of the occasion. Towards the end of my five years in Somerset, we'd actually managed to progress to doing the main Christmas light switch on. We had the prime location. We were in charge of the countdown and doing the actual switch on. Normally, it was turned on by either the MP for Yeovil or someone from Yeovil Town Football Club. Normally... The manager, sometimes the captain, sometimes both. I think the final time I did the Christmas light switch on in Yeovil, I managed to get my mate Mike Sterling to come along and sing for us. Mike, believe it or not, finished runner-up to Joe Pasquale in New Faces, the ITV TV show. He also played the lead role in Les Mis and in Phantom of the Opera in the West End. He's an amazing singer, a great actor as well. So it's brilliant to have him along and sing a few songs for us in the Market Square in Yeovil and to turn on those Christmas lights, which that year were turned on by Terry Skiverton, who at the time was the Yeovil Town captain. They're always kind of fun and odd events because you can't go wrong. People always turn up to watch the Christmas light switch on. It's kind of the start of the countdown to Christmas, which I must admit does seem to be getting earlier and earlier every year. I for that, I'm just getting old. If you've ever been to a Christmas light switch on, I don't want to break any illusions, but you know most of them have that big switch on the stage that gets switched on where the countdown hits zero. Well, I'll be honest, none of those I've ever come across have actually been plugged in to anything. They're just for show. They're just for effects. There's two ways that the lights happen on a Christmas light switch on. One of the ways is it's not a switch on 
on the stage, there's somebody normally up a ladder or in a room somewhere who has the master switch who can flick on all the Christmas lights at once. Now, you have to hope that either they can hear your countdown or you have to do it exactly to time because that's the other way it works. And sometimes, believe it or not, the lights are all set to come on on a timer. So therefore, if you are doing the Christmas light switch on, you have to make sure your watch, your countdown is 100% accurate. And when that switch is flicked on stage, it has to be at exactly the right time. Otherwise, the lights won't come on or they'd have already come on before you've switched the switch, which is a bit embarrassing. In fact, I mentioned earlier, there was two of us flying to the Christmas light switch-ons in Yeovil. Well, there was a bit of a mess-up one year by the other radio station in that they'd done one of those fake countdowns to build up to the Christmas lights. Despite being told you can't do any fake countdowns because that is the signal the guy with the big switch is going to flick on. So they did a fake countdown, 10, 9, 8, got to 0. Supposed to be the fake one. Geezer switching the lights on didn't know that. So the lights went on on the fake one about three minutes early. Well, they couldn't get them turned off and turned back on at that point. So it kind of did blow the big moment. Just thankfully, I wasn't involved. Nothing to do with me that time. I must confess, there was a time when I was actually organising Christmas light switch on, so I was having to work out the entire agenda, what was going to happen, what acts were going to perform, who was going to come on and sing for us. And, I will be honest, I did kind of end up getting people I knew and mates I'd worked with in the past to come along and do some stuff on stage for us. Already mentioned I had Mike Sterling come and appear when I was down in Yeovil. The first year I did the Ellsbury Christmas light switch on, another guy who I met who I think is a fantastic musician and a lovely fella is a guy called Snake Davis. Now, Snake is a fantastic saxophonist he was the musical director with the m people and on the take that song a million love songs on the actual recording he plays that amazing saxophone solo great guy so he came along and did some sax music and a few of his songs and cover versions the very first gig i did when i organized the christmas light switch on in ellsbury he was fantastic also got to work with the brilliant Jonathan Wilkes at one of the Christmas light switch-ons in Elmsbury. He was a lot of fun, top fella. More on him later. Did always enjoy being on stage with the Christmas light switch-on. Always a lot of fun. And normally you get to work with some great acts and there'll be a lot of entertainment to be enjoyed. And they're all quite exciting, really. And there's something quite magical about on that stage, you being the one who gets the countdown. And when you say so, when you point, when you get the person to flick the switch, the lights all come on, everyone cheers. And a couple of years and a couple of these events, then there's been fireworks straight after as well. So it's been spectacular events, really, really enjoyable. Thousands of thousands of people come along and watched. And the atmosphere is absolutely fantastic. It's one of those occasions where everyone is just there to have a good time. So everyone is having lots of fun and the atmosphere is generally fantastic. Another thing about Christmas light switch-ons, I did, as I said, plan and organise a couple. One year, I always had big plans. I always wanted to get big, massive acts to perform. And one year, when I was in Yeovil organising the first Christmas light switch-on down there, I'd worked out that the night before our Christmas light switch-on, a certain huge big band were playing in Plymouth. So I had it in my head that I could get this big band to maybe stop off on the way back from Plymouth and play our Christmas light switch on. I was a little bit over ambitious and I don't think I ever actually got through to the band, got to their people or anything. I don't know why, but in my head, I somehow thought I could get Blondie to come and perform at the Christmas light switch on. I couldn't. 
Fast forward about 10 years down the line and I had the opposite problem. There were certain bands that I was offered that I could get hold of to appear at the Christmas light switch on that I was organising, which would have been brilliant. They were fantastic bands, huge bands, very popular, but it was suggested that these bands would be too big and too popular, therefore it would be dangerous. So I could have had a fantastic top band to come and play, headline a Christmas light switch on, but I wasn't allowed just in case it attracted too many people. I was also offered a former Eurovision entry, and I'll be honest, I was tempted to book her OOR just a little bit, but I never did in the end. Another big part of Christmas time for me is pantomime. I do love a pantomime. Tried to go to one every single year, have done for years. My first ever pantomime, I can just about remember it, I think it would have been four or five my dad took me and it was at the Ellsbury Civic Centre and all I can remember is I'm pretty sure there was some wombles in it and at some point they did Abba's I Have a Dream that's the only two things I can remember about the panto but I seem to enjoy it because I wanted to go back every Christmas since to see some sort of pantomime somewhere wherever I've been working in the country and you do end up bumping into a lot of interesting people in the world of panto. I remember one of the first pantos I saw in Ellsbury, a mate of mine from the radio station I was working at was in the panto, so I ended up getting along to some drinks with some of the cast after one of the shows. I ended up having a drink and a bit of a chat in the bar with none other than Arthur Postrum. Yep, the police officer from Alo Alo. Lovely bloke, really nice, good fun. I mentioned him earlier when Jonathan Wilkes was in pantomime in Ellsbury, went to the press night to see him. He was fantastic, by the way. Very funny, very, very good. He is really Mr. Pantomime. He can sing, he can dance, he can do the comedy. He is really, really good. He's been working up in his hometown in Stoke for, I think, about the last eight or nine years now. But we were lucky to get him in Ellsbury. I think it was the second pantomime the Waterside Theatre did. The first one starred none other than Miss Cilla Black, who was fantastic in it. She was really good. Came on, did her songs, was absolutely brilliant. So I went to the press night for the Jonathan Wilkes pantomime with a mate of mine. And we were just standing around in the bar afterwards. Went to a bar over the road afterwards to have an extra drink and talk about the show and we kind of knew the cast may well be in there and a few other people from the theatre who we knew might be popping along later while we were in that bar we got talking to none other than Robbie Williams dad at the bar it was quite an odd conversation because Robbie Williams dad thought he recognised my mate from something he didn't they'd never met before then the conversation continued and we worked out it was Robbie Williams dad closest I've come to ever meeting Robbie Williams he was there because basically Robbie and Johnny are childhood friends been friends since they were kids and still very close to Robbie's dad so that was nice to see him and meet him Keep Chegwin, he was in pantomime in Ellsbury once. I remember one day between Christmas and New Year, me and a couple of mates decided to go out for a few drinks and a meal in Ellsbury. Just went to a bar that did food, nothing too classy, nothing too crazy. Uh, we got ourselves sat down. There was about six of us. We got ourselves sat down on quite a big table. We'd sat down, we'd actually ordered when... One of the staff came over after a group of people come in, one of them looking very familiar, in fact so familiar, he was the host of Cheggers Blaze Pop. Yeah, Keith Chegwin and all the Panto cast came in, and because there was a lot of them, we had to move. They asked us to move table after we'd already ordered, just so they could all sit down and so they could have their food as well. We did, we didn't make a fuss on anything, we politely moved to another table and it was all fine and it was all good, and they looked to be having a very good time. 
made some quite good friends from pantomime over the years. When I worked in Yeovil, Ben Langley used to come down and be in the pantomime every single year. Well, I say every single year, probably about for the five years I was down there, he was in the panto every year. And obviously we got to see each other every year when he'd come down for the Christmas light switch on. And we always had all the pantomime stars interview us. Plus we'd see them on press nights, normally go for a drink with them. He is a very, very talented guy. Funny, clever, a former street performer. He can juggle, he can ride a unicycle, he can do absolutely anything. And he is very, very funny, which was highlighted this year. If you remember the name Ben Langley, he was on Britain's Got Talent this year. And somehow, despite his fantastic audition, despite the judges giving him four yeses, despite him being very, very funny, somehow he did not make it through to the final, which, quite honestly, is a travesty. But he is fantastic, really good fun. He was brilliant in the panto. And always lots of fun at the Christmas light switch on as well. We used to have a bit of a laugh, uh, messing about and winding up the crowd together. It was great fun. Really enjoyed doing that and spending some time with him when he wasn't on stage as well. Seen him in many different things over the years. He toured for a bit with Paul Zerdin before Paul Zerdin went off and won America's Got Talent. I'm looking forward to seeing Paul Zerdin actually in the pantomime of the London Palladium this Christmas. Saw him there last year. He was brilliant. Looking forward to seeing that again as well. That's going to be my first pantomime of this Christmas. But Ben, fantastic fella, lots of fun. He went on to write and perform in his own set of stage shows as well under the Ha Ha brand, which are very, very funny. And I believe they may be making a comeback in 2019. If they are, keep your eyes out. Anything called Ha Ha Something, a comedy with Ben Langley and do go and see that. I went and saw a couple of his shows and through that got to meet Joe Pasquale and Cannon from Cannon and Bull, as well as Sue Pollard. Just some of the cast members he managed to get in some of those shows. That was always great. Always nice to catch up with him. Also, while I was in Yeovil, as I said, all the cast members of Pantomime used to come in. My first year there, we had a certain lady who was playing, uh, I think she was playing... The fairy that particular year, she came in, a lovely lady called Jodie Pranger. I wonder what happened to her. She came in, obviously to talk about the panto, but off her own back, while she was there in Yeovil, she organised her own variety night, raising money for a local charity. And she did that everywhere she went in panto over the years, did lots of fantastic work for charity. She was really lovely. She came in, and normally we'd make the guests tea. Obviously, we'd look after them. She came in. She was making us tea when she came in for the day. Her winning I'll Do Anything could not be more well-deserved. She's a lovely lady and a fantastic performer as well. Panto press nights are always quite good fun as well, because normally in some of the bigger theatres, there's some other well-known guests as well. One of my highlights of going to a pantomime press night is being stood over the way, probably about 10 metres away from Sir David Jason. I'm a massive Only Fools and Horses fan. Love that show. I think he is brilliant in that. He was standing just across the way. I was there with another colleague from the radio station I was working at at the time. The guy did the breakfast show and Sir David's wife came over to speak to him to tell him how much they enjoyed his show. They used to listen to his breakfast show, particularly their daughter, who thought it was brilliant and was a big fan of his. So therefore, he then goes to meet the daughter and as he's meeting the daughter, he gets to have a chat with Sir David Jason. I was so jealous. It was one of those situations where I kind of really wanted to go over, but I thought, A, it might be a bit rude because he wasn't really talking to me and I'd probably make an absolute 
idiot of myself. I'd talk total gibberish and be embarrassing. So I just was happy to look at him from across the way. Also at these events, I had bumped into none other than Brendan Cole from Strictly Come Dancing. He'd been there a few times. And Warwick Davis as well. He was there once. I do like Warwick Davis. Lovely, lovely fella. And very funny as well. If you've ever seen him host any of the quiz shows he does, particularly when he did Celebrity Squares, I thought he was really good at that. Very, very funny. I remember many years ago at another Panto Press event, what normally happens is you see the show and there's normally drinks after where the stars of the Panto will come along, they'll mingle, you might get to have a quick chat and speak to them. One year, the star of the show was none other than Britt Eklund. Yes, the former Bond girl and wife of Peter Sellers and the ex-girlfriend of Rod Stewart, I believe as well. She came in and had a very quick chat to everyone. She had one of those little chihuahua-type dogs that you carry around in the bag. I remember she had one of them. That was quite weird. One year, I also got to speak to Anita Dobson after Panto. Angie Watts from EastEnders, of course. She was very nice. She was lovely. And the wonderful and ever so flamboyant Russell Grant. Managed to grab a quick chat to him after he'd been performing in Panto one year. He was fantastic. Lots of fun. Very friendly. Very nice fellow as well. Now, actually being on the radio over Christmas is lots of fun. I have to be honest, most of the times I was on Christmas Day, it was normally a pre-recorded show, which were always lots of fun to do. I remember one year at a radio station we were at, this is how much we invested in this programming and in this particular show. It was going to be played out Christmas Day afternoon, I think it was two hours long, and we actually hired out a restaurant and we all actually sat down, the entire team from the radio station so all the presenters the sales team the newsreaders we all sat down had a christmas lunch together and a proper real genuine christmas lunch but as we were having lunch we went around and we recorded and spoke to each other so we interviewed each other and got i think we picked two favorite songs each but obviously you had the atmos of us uh, drinking our wine stuffing our faces with turkey and this was all recorded put together and went out on christmas day which i thought was quite good i really enjoyed that thought it was quite nice the other thing that sometimes happens at christmas is you'll get the chance to work with someone on a show who you don't normally get to work with mostly the shows i did were just me in the studio but every christmas me and a colleague chris criddle at ivel fm in somerset in yeovil we would get together and we would record a special christmas show and it was always lots of fun because we'd do it normally in the week or so before christmas one evening and we didn't get to mess about with each other on air very often so we would have a list of things we each wanted to talk about and we would just laugh and laugh for about two hours. The two hours it took us to record the show, we'd just be laughing, messing around, having an absolutely great time. And I have to confess, people did enjoy it. They enjoyed the show. Uh, again, went out Christmas Day afternoon. It was lots of fun. And we must have been doing it right as well, because there were some people who were listening who actually thought we might be there on Christmas Day. People who don't know me very well, because the chances of me being able to string too many sentences together that late in the day on Christmas Day is unlikely with the way I celebrate my Christmas. The way I do celebrate my Christmas is quite structured, really. I'm a very routine person, and that does apply to my Christmas. So Christmas Day always starts the same. I will get up, I will have my cup of tea and get myself sorted. Then, later on, it is a fry-up, always a big fry-up on Christmas Day morning. Bacon, eggs, mushrooms, sausages beans, hash browns, 
fried potatoes, fried bread, the works, has to be the works, normally washed down with a glass of Buck's Fizz, ideally, that's breakfast, then I'll head round my parents and what we'll do is we will open up all our presents, which is always good fun, nice and relaxed, the next thing to do is midday, have to be down the pub to meet some of my family down the pub, that's a tradition I've been doing for years and years now, so I have a few drinks in the afternoon then it's straight back to my parents place to have the turkey meal got to be turkey with all the trimmings and a couple of nice glasses of red wine then once we finish dinner and we've had pudding always have to finish every meal with a pudding once we've done that we retire to the front room there might be a bit of tv to watch we might watch a little bit of tv and then it's either game playing yes we still play games or what we'll do is, my parents have now got karaoke, so we'll get the karaoke out and I will absolutely destroy certain songs. I can't sing at all, got no musical ability, cannot hold a note, completely tone deaf, but on Christmas Day I will happily sing anything. So we'll do that for a bit, there'll normally be a quiz, we'll then probably watch a bit more TV, then the cheese and biscuits will come out and we'll probably finish the day with a nice glass of port and that will be a classic a typical, a excellent Neil Quigley Christmas Day. That is what I'm looking to achieve once again this year. Over the last couple of years, me and a mate of mine have had a bit of a battle for Christmas Day TV. It started a couple of years ago when I went to see a Christmas Top of the Pops being recorded. It was recorded at Elstree about two or three weeks before Christmas Day. I managed to get along there and get myself in the audience. So therefore... I was being quite clever. I did just about manage to get myself on TV in the background a couple of times as they were shooting bits of the audience in between the songs being performed and during the songs being played. You do get two shots at it because normally when you record a music-based show like Top of the Pumps or any music performance, usually they run each performance through at least twice just so they can take the best version from the performer and also means they can get different camera shots from both of the performances and just mix all into one if they need to the next year my mate then gets himself to a recording of the christmas special of strictly come dancing so to my surprise as i'm relaxing in the evening probably on i don't know let's say my second or third glass of red wine by now up on the tv pops my mate and his wife right on the screen clear as clear could be on christmas day so we kind of got this ongoing battle to see who can appear in the clearest clarity on christmas day on television it's one all so far sadly i don't think i'm going to be able to get myself on tv for anything that's going to be shown this year on the plus side neither is he at some point on christmas day or over the christmas period i will have to watch some more common wise i do need a bit more common wise in my life well all through the year but certainly at christmas you've got to watch some of those classic tv specials they did they are so funny those big dance numbers the play what he wrote with all those fantastic guest stars just sheer joyous and wonderful comedy perfect for christmas day Thanks very much for listening. Have a fantastic Christmas. Hope you get what you wish for and you get to spend plenty of time having fun and laughing with friends and family. Happy Christmas.